What's happening, folks? Welcome back to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. Are you as sick of me not interviewing the dead milkmen as I am? Well, we're going to take care of that today. We got Joe Jack Talcum on the program, one of my favorite guitar players of all time, and uh, I could hardly contain my excitement. As always, if you like what you've been hearing on the program, you can go ahead and hit that thumbs up, do that little follow, and uh, if you want to go to our YouTube page and see the video element of this show, uh, my boy Austin Buchanan puts a lot of work into that, and uh, so if you could go subscribe to that, it would help us out more than you know. And if you want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehighway. For a few scant bucks a month, you can help keep this show going. If you want to shell out a little bit more, we'll send a merch package your way. You can even sign up for some online guitar lessons from me so you can shred like the gods. And everybody gets a shout out, so thank you all so much for listening. On this week's gear shout out, I want to want to rep some Railhammer pickups. Uh, they're owned and operated by the, the sweet people over at Reverend Guitars, but they are two separate companies. Uh, they are some sweet-ass pickups. Enough said, you can get signature models from yours truly, uh, from Bob Balch, Billy Corgan, Reeves Gabrels, the, the list goes on and on. Now, I try to be modest and I try to be humble, but I got to interview my favorite guitar player and you didn't, so let's do things my way. The Highway. Joe, what's going on? Hey, Kyle, how are you? I'm doing just fine, man. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Sorry about yesterday. Oh no, hey, it happens. <laughs> I completely understand. If I don't write everything down, it just it all gets lost. So, <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> it's a a beautiful day here in Austin, Texas. Uh, are you are you still in Philadelphia? No, now I live in the Burbs. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, like I said, I've been a fan for a real long time. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I just kind of if you hadn't you know, checked out the show yet. We just kind of talk about what got people, you know, into art and uh, wanting to pursue a life like that. And um, uh, I've always really looked up to your guitar playing. Um, just it's um, to play with a real clean or a cleaner style like that. It's it's a really brave way of uh, playing the guitar. And uh, I was <laughs> just curious, like within, you know, within the punk scene and things like that, I was just curious, like what some of your guitar heroes were, like what kind of what made you uh, pursue like a, a cleaner style like that at, at a time when everything was like so abrasive. Steve Boone from the Minutemen was one of my guitar heroes. Are you familiar with the Minutemen? Oh yeah. Other other guitar heroes of mine <laughs> were uh, John Lennon, George Harrison, Paul McCartney, <laughs> the Beatles. No, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the punk scene, but and also Johnny Johnny Ramone. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And I did try. I did try playing with distortion early on, but I just didn't get. I didn't get the hang of uh, how to control it very well. So <laughs> it's it's I, I I'm terrified when I have to play with the clean tone. So yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Props to you, but um, yeah, I, I'm mostly known for playing with just like a wall of distortion, which is uh, it's, it's a fun way to to hide behind your guitar. But oh yeah, uh, also peep buck style. Guitar, <laughs> 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 I like that stuff. But uh, yeah, um, it's and, and also just uh, being a fan for so long and listening to all your records, like it was um, looking back on it all, um, the like your the first wave of the Dead Milkman was such a short period of time, really, like in, in the scheme of things. Um, and I was just uh, I was kind of curious, like how 
you know how y'all toured back then like was it just in a van because y'all y'all went through you know like being on like punk indie labels and it's funny because it's it, it seems like a long time to me uh but it was it was a lot of touring and i have a feeling that tour, touring take makes your time go longer in your brain mm-hmm. or shorter and sometimes I'll, I'll have like lost years and it just felt like a week but sometimes at the same time it just it's been more than half my life it feels like forever it's kind of like a paradox because tours go by fast once they're over they seem like wow that was fast but while you're while you're in them they they're like so eventful that Mm -hmm. you're processing so much stuff at least that's the way it was for me the initial dead milkman uh with dave blood you yeah dave blood is there before we broke up um for me that was an intense period of life Mm mm-hmm how did y'all tour back in those days? Was it just a van for like the whole time? Or did y'all ever like uh, during the major label years, like try a, yeah, try a bus and stuff? Yeah, we started out touring in vans. Uh, we went through two vans of our own. And then uh, we graduated a tour, to tour buses, running tour buses for a couple tours. Um, and then... There's that's a really expensive way to tour. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> real. Money left over some, uh, sometimes. So we we ended up the last couple tours we did were done in a town rented town car, Lincoln Town Car, and <laughs> rider truck, rented rider truck. So people in the truck, people in the car. I mean, and then merch and gear in the truck. And we always had a drive. Our merch guy drove the truck or, or roadie did, depending. And somebody, usually Dean, the, the drummer, would sit shot, ride shotgun in the truck. And the rest of us would ride in a town car and our road manager would drive the town car. Nice. That's a smart <laughs> way to that do it. That was actually yeah. it's comfortable of all, of all, this, of all the, the ways we did it. Yeah, could, could you, did you ever have trouble sleeping on the tour bus? I had trouble sleeping on a tour bus and that was another thing I didn't like so much about them. Uh, they're certainly comfortable, but the way, the way those tours usually went is the driver would drive overnight, <laughs> like right after the show was uh-huh. over, you might have an hour or so to get in the bus. And then, you know, there'd be a call time for it to leave and then leave during the drive time. And then when you wake up, you're in the city <laughs> parked at the hotel uh-huh. <laughs> i didn't like it as much because there's that transition from i would i wouldn't get too much sleep on the bus and have to sleep until whenever in the hotel it just seemed like whatever yeah it, it would be nice if you could like if you can afford both hotels and buses because a lot of times if we were on a bus we would just be on the bus and i would turn into a vampire i mean i'd have to sleep until like 4 p.m. just because i couldn't sleep when the bus was well moving. yeah <laughs> almost all drive the drivers we hired that uh, part of the contract was they had to have hotel rooms yeah. of course the first the first bus tour we ever did we only got a hotel room for the driver and he would let us know when he was done with the room <laughs> yeah we'd go in there and use up all the showers we say like eight people like trying to shower in, in an hour yeah <laughs> Exactly. In a very short amount of time. And pe- there will be always arguments. You took too long. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a shower. 
I grew up in a, a really small town in West Texas called Midland, and um, I first oh. uh, got your. Um, I think I, I got Big Lizard first, but then uh, whenever Eat Your Paisley, uh, I found that at a CD store, and um, uh, that song Six Days, uh, y'all sang about just you know being on. I was at this point I was you know sixteen, just dreaming of going on tour, and um, hearing mm-hmm. about like uh, how many cities y'all hated. But then it, when the last verse of the song is when you get to Austin and how rad it was. Um, yeah, that, that really made me want to, uh, to move here. So that was a, a, a part of oh, right. why I chose Austin back in. I moved here in 2000. But yeah, I, I just wanted to ask like, what uh, I am now. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask like just what Austin was like back in those days and, and what made you all fall in love with it. It was just just the coolest place, probably the coolest place of of all the places we played on our first tour. And that's the song was written during our first tour mm-hmm. or after our first tour. Um, it was kind of weird and uh how do i put this it was not exactly what we expected from texas but it still felt like texas mm-hmm. um it was to me very psychedelic there are people i guess acid was very popular at the time in 1985 um still is things never change <laughs> and it had a rugged feel to it it wasn't it got a lot fancier later mm-hmm. uh it's not the same town at all as it was in the 80s when we were there it was very inexpensive too you can get a breakfast a really big breakfast for under two bucks mm-hmm. and it really takes great <laughs> mexican burritos and stuff tex-mex food was really good mm-hmm. but that's true of everywhere in texas that is true. Uh, yeah, whenever I first moved here, I got a job at a, a photocopy center, and that was sort of my my end with the scene. All the punk bands would come, and I would copy their flyers for free, and they, they would <laughs> yeah. let, they let me into their shows. But um, I was wearing, a, I actually had a, a Soul Rotation shirt on. Um, it was like the one with like the puffy ink back when those were popular, if you remember those. Uh, but um, yeah. uh, a guy walked in, and he saw my shirt. He was like, oh, man, the Dead Milkman, great band. And uh, he, he happened to work at a club called Emo's. And um, mm-hmm. he had a bunch of flyers, and I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, don't worry about the flyers if you just get me into some shows sometime. And uh, we struck up a friendship. His name was uh, Graham Williams, and uh, that's how I got to, to yeah. meet Graham. And he t- he was <laughs> telling me the story about how when he was a little kid <laughs> that y'all actually brought a, a whole classroom of kids into the studio when you were doing, uh, well, uh, what was yeah. it, um, Metaphysical Graffiti, uh, to yes. sing on Beige Sunshine. And uh, yeah, he was one of those kids that actually sang on that song, and he... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, what what was that like being in the studio and, and uh, having a whole classroom of kids? It was fun. We and we took him out for pizza afterwards. <laughs> that was yeah. We wanted something different. Like I loved working with Brian Brian Beatty because he was good at collaborating with us with ideas, and he never no idea was ever too stupid for him to try. Mm-hmm. And he's. Brian, the, the producer of the album, is the person that got the kids together. It's like one of the kids was the engineer's daughter. And yeah, I didn't I didn't know Graham Williams was one of the kids until he had us play Fun 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 Fest and he told us he was one of the kids that sang on that song. <laughs> or actually Brian called us up and said, You should play this fun 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 fest that the guy, you know, the guy who's uh, organizing it is one of the Beige Sunshine singers. <laughs> I didn't realize Beige Sunshine was such a, a tongue twister until I just tried to say it 
right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's named after a brand of acid. Hey, hey, that's I great. Think, I think we made up maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always, um, so people ask me to describe like what y'all's music is like sometimes. And so uh, sometimes like, it's like, um, like Cat Stevens on acid, but then I realized that Cat Stevens probably was on acid. So then oh, I yeah. don't really know how to, to, to describe it. People who don't have the musical ability that Cat Stevens had on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I was curious because, um, you know, y'all, well, I, I did before we move on to, to kind of later phase uh, or the second wave of, of Milkman. I did want to ask, like, kind of what it was like it, it, through the 90s, like kind of making records on indie labels and then going into that major label world for Soul Rotation and and uh, not Richard, but Dick, because that was a lot different than the, you know, my experience or any experience that a band can have these days. Yeah. Well, we got Enigma fever and restless and Enigma were labels that paid a lot of attention to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe sometimes more attention than we wanted. And then we got to Hollywood records after Enigma folded. Um, And (laughs) nobody paid attention to us at all. And it was kind of, we felt felt that uh, they no nobody at that label really cared what what we did, and it was bizarre. We took their money and we made a, we made a record. But they didn't like bug you about the, being in the studio or anything like that. Like uh... they barely bugged us about being in the studio. It was n- totally the opposite of what we expected would happen. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. They left us alone, and I don't know. Maybe they didn't know what to think of us, but they also kind of left the record alone too. Was that that was? I guess that was kind of in the days when like the label still didn't know like what was cool or not. You know what I mean? They're like, I don't know. Maybe this will work. Just let them do what they yeah, want. I don't, I don't know what, why they, why, why they were interested in us in the first place, but we got barely any interest from any other labels. So we figured why not? Let's go with it. Yeah, not bad. It, 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 was that experience kind of what led to the initial kind of hiatus? I, I, I guess you could call. I guess so. It was part of it. The initial hiatus came about, I think because I, Dean and Rodney in particular were getting tired of doing it and they wanted to do other things. Yeah. So that happens. It's understandable. Uh, I was, I was, I was upset when, uh, when I heard about when I, when we had the meeting where we decided we weren't going to do it anymore, mm-hmm. but I got over it. <laughs> I mean, well, you, I mean, you hit the ground running though with your, that, this, the butterfly Joe record, uh, which I love, uh, by the way, um, my, my yeah. actually me and my daughter listen to that quite often uh she loves that record yeah it, it was funny just seeing uh seeing dean in that band too because there was that was back in the super early days of the internet where like i, I think i saw maybe one video of y'all playing it did you ever tour the the solo album or anything like that we didn't really tour we we went we played a few regional shows mm-hmm. we went to toronto for some kind of festival um right after it got released but we didn't tour and that in Dean wasn't going to tour anyway. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons he stopped the milkman. He didn't want to tour. He wanted to settle down, get, get a steady job and uh, raise a family, which he did. So for, for me to tour on that album, I would have needed to create a touring band and I yeah. didn't do that. It's a lot of work putting a new band together. You know, you I know. almost did. And I'm not, sh- I guess my life would have, turned out completely different but i decided also to take a take a steady job that was offered to me at the time and you know <laughs> get paid a decent uh more decent amount of money than i'd been making 
Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> and, uh, during, uh, I guess during that time, this would have been, I guess, like the early 2000s when the internet was just sort of starting to simmer. Um, yeah, yeah. The the Dead Milkman website was actually pretty um, uh, engaging. I mean, like I, I can't remember who exactly updated it often. Dean, I mean, that's his. That's what he went. He went back to school for. Well, he was an art student. He was an artist. He had a degree in graphic design, so he went back to school to learn web design, and that's what he was doing. So he was the guy behind that. Yeah, it was just really fun, uh, just like uh, answering just fan questions on the email, just seeing all the the answers. Uh, one of the ones that stuck out to me was um, somebody asked uh, what y'all had on your tour rider, uh, which uh, if anybody's <laughs> listening, that's that's the list of you know uh, snacks and and boozes and things that we get uh, backstage when we arrive. And yes. um, reading the, it was a very normal, uh, modest rider, but one item on there was the fresh cut flowers every day. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna ask who's, who's fresh cut flowers. Well, it's like because if you're playing fucking CBGB and shit, yeah, you might want some just just some flowers backstage. You know, something just that some flowers good. in our dressing room. And if he if he liked the if he liked the the bouquet, he would bring it up on stage and put it in front of his drums. So. <laughs> and Rodney would want a newspaper. He would use that as a prop sometimes, but he also use it to 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 come up with a topical humor. Uh huh. That, that, that's uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, that yeah, it's pretty good. It's a it acts as both a stage prop and something else. Um, and I, I asked for the six pack of uh, dark beer, nice. hoping it would be Guinness. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Uh, just because seeing Rodney with the newspaper in the punk rock girl video, yeah, uh, that, that makes total sense now. Um, whenever uh, that was kind of, that's actually how I first heard about y'all was um, you kind of snuck in. MTV through a uh, Beavis and Butthead, and I was watching that one time, and like it was because oh, yeah. they hated like every song you know that, that would come on, but like when Dead Milk would come on, they'd be like, Yes, <laughs> well, yeah, so that was a uh, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, um, they, they could beat me up even. <laughs> but it was, this is kind of back in those days when I didn't really understand that Beavis and Butthead were supposed to be idiots, yeah, you know what I mean? I was just like, No, these are like the yeah. cool kids, right? You know, I was. <laughs> I wasn't the smartest kid, <laughs> but uh, yeah, was, was I mean, was that? I guess they played a few of your videos on MTV, or yeah, they, they play that and smoke and banana peels. Yeah, that's, those are great videos. And actually, um, I I bought the uh, the DVD that came out like they had all your um, the the video collection that came uh, out. Maybe it was like two thousand three, two thousand four. That was a great yeah. release. I miss music videos. They're uh, they're such a waste of money these days because. Um, they're just they. They're a waste of money. They're a waste of money, and and uh, it's a shame because they really don't promote albums like they used to. But I I love music videos. And you I mean love they're they're a waste of money to produce? Yeah, to make. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. just, I I guess it's not a waste if you're in it oh, for the okay. art, but it's just as far as like what you're gonna spend on album promotion. Yeah, un- unfortunately, videos. Yeah, you can't really depend on them anymore. I guess is my point. We got a couple of videos made for our last album. I don't I I don't know what a waste how much money we wasted but waste was a harsh term sorry i just got paid i just got paid to make a music video for a band for the first time ever hell yeah so now i'm on the other side i'll take the money <laughs> <laughs> were you uh doing the filming of it and 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 the video production or were, were you doing like the art for it? art your art is awesome it's on uh it's on Thank joe's you. instagram page it's, well it's I, I did the whole video but it was all art it was basically art shots of art and I animated some of them. That's great. It's, I love how just like, um, just kind of loopy and, and playful it is. I just, it's a, it's, it's a real joy to see musicians, um, kind of delve into other mediums and stuff like that. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. 
Um, I was gonna. You, you mentioned uh, Fun 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 Fest earlier, which uh, rest in peace was the best festival Austin ever had. Um, it was you could oh, see, yeah. you know, everybody from you know like Public Image Limited to you know Gorguts, and it was just, it was a really fantastic fest. But um, I, I wanted to ask, and this was still kind of in the early days of smartphones uh, when y'all first got back together. But was there uh-huh. like a, a shock whenever you went from playing shows, you know, in the eighties and nineties to now you're back together and everybody has a phone in your face. <laughs> a shock. Yeah. I don't, I don't think of it as a shock. It was, I remember being at fun, fun, fun fest and I didn't have a smartphone yet. I wouldn't get one till 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's 2008 and just being amused at, a whole like seeing a whole line of young people sitting down and with their heads down and every every single one of them was on looking at a phone <laughs> that's typical these days but back then i just thought and i i hadn't gone to i hadn't gone to a lot of concerts big concerts like that where that many young people were together mm-hmm. but that is one memory i have a fun 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 fest and i agree it was a great time i am glad we decided to go and we probably wouldn't have gotten back together if it weren't for that, if it weren't for Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to uh, bring up Dave too much, but was it was that part of it where you thought that maybe you didn't want to go back there because he wasn't around anymore? Yeah. Yeah. That was part of it. And we said no about three times to that before before we uh, got, got convinced to say yes. Well, I'm glad you did. And- yeah. It's funny, like you talking about everybody staring at their phones now. Like I, it, it, I guess it did happen a lot more than it used to. But I, I remember going to shows back in the day, and people would, you know, like <laughs> going to see like some, you know, emo or indie band, and uh, you know, kids are sitting on the ground like just reading books. <laughs> you know, I've seen that too. Never That's seen, true. I haven't seen that in a they're long time. They're not talking to each other. They're just reading yeah, books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember what band. I think I went to go see Mates of State or something like that. Yeah, and there was just all these kids reading like poetry books, <laughs> sitting outside emo. Wow. Uh, yeah. That was good <laughs> That's the days. demographic for the emo, it, yeah, emo exactly. band. Yes. Um, I, I didn't really see that at Dead Open shows, to be honest. I yeah. never noticed that. <laughs> sure. I've taken books to my own shows, but that's only to, cause there's a lot of downtime mm-hmm. and you're waiting for people to show up. Back in the, uh, uh, early, cause you, y'all don't really like tour per se anymore. Or, I mean, you just kind of do fly-ins <laughs> and festivals and stuff. Um, but, uh, back in the, yeah, day, that's what the yeah. Did, did y'all have any like, um, you know, uh, brother or sister bands, you know, that you, that you always like uh, tour together a lot or anything, or was it just kind of you tour with whatever offers you got? We had, there's, we did a huge tour with Mojo Nixon, and that was a lot of fun. The the artist that we name checked in, Punk Rock Girl, mm-hmm. and we did another really long tour with Possum Dixon, an LA band that are now broken up. But that was also a lot of fun. I, I love hearing those days. Uh, we're like riding around in vans with uh, no smartphones, no GPS, no nothing. You know, just yeah. <laughs> just an atlas. Yeah, that was way before smartphones, and you just get all kinds of annex, and you get to know the other band members pretty well. We also did a week long tour with King Missile. Do you know them? I, I've never heard mm-hmm. of them. No, never heard of King Missile. Mm-hmm. You should check them out if you get a chance. Yeah, absolutely, I'm going to do that. They're right a, when we hang a New York based band with a lot of humor. Mm-hmm in their lyrics and they do a lot of talking spoken word music songs sort of like the song Stuart from the mm-hmm. there's a whole scene uh, of that these days and I, I, I did want to harp on it uh, a little bit because I um, 
uh, I went to a show last night actually, um, a, a band called Pears um, from New Orleans, great punk band. Um, but there's a, a, a whole scene of uh, kind of like spoken word bands now, like a Proto Martyr or Dry Cleaning mm-hmm. and things. And um, especially being at the show last night, um, I, I have a big big lizard in my backyard patch on my jacket and uh i got from like you know young punks so many uh compliments uh about that so uh i just i, th- I thought it was great that y'all are still like this many years on influencing like so many young people to like go start bands and stuff like that i mean it's just uh it's a it's a hard thing to do these days um it was worth it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely man <laughs> so <laughs> so thanks for that um what um what are y'all up to now? I mean, you got any, got any, I know like the, the world is still a bit, uh, topsy turvy, but, uh, do you have anything on the books? Dead Milkman had recorded one half of an album. We think it's one half. Uh, and that's we're we put it on hold for a little while. I think we have more than enough songs to record the second half, but we right now are rehearsing for a trio of shows that we're going to play in around this area in March, in April and May, maybe, a, maybe four shows, I don't know, three or four shows. Three of them are set up right now. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the new records are so, are so different. I, I love how y'all just kind of just keep the trajectory. Oh, yeah. We did going, King, the know? King in Yellow was King the one Yellow. we did. Yeah. 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 And then we did Pretty Music for Pretty People and that. Those are the two ones. We did a single, uh, we recorded a single right before the pandemic hit and it came out in 2020 called uh, we don't need this fascist groove thing, which is a cover of a Heaven Seventeen song. So that's out there in the in the market right now. Mm-hmm. A seven inch or MP3 download. Are you still Are you working on any solo stuff or any anything with the low budgets still? Oh, we also did an EP. I'm sorry, the Dead Milkman did an EP in 2017 called "Welcome to the End of the World." It's a six song, twelve inch EP. We're planning to put out a whole full length LP. That's what I said. Mm. We only have half of it recorded. Solo stuff I am working on. I recorded a split album with Moody Spencer, and that should come out sometime this year. Everything takes a long time to get pressed, but the record company that's putting out that album is really a cassette company, but this is going to be the first vinyl release, and they're called This and That Tapes. It's so funny to me how cassettes are just back. You know, it, it, well, I mean, they are cool and they do sound great, but they're also like way faster and easier and cheaper to produce than vinyl because it takes oh, yeah. forever to get records pressed these days. It's nuts. It's it's just insane how long it takes now. Because <laughs> I think we're uh, the, we're doing like something secret that I can't talk about, but uh, to even get it done by the time we need, we have to. It's going to take like a year to like for the, yeah, the exactly. plant to press it. It's it's absolutely insane. Never seen anything like it, but that's okay. That's okay. Um. You know, uh, thank, thanks so much, Joe, for coming on and talking with us. Uh, I, like I said, yeah, you've been one of my favorite guitar players for a long, long time. And uh, it just uh, it, it means a lot uh, that you came on. So thank you. Um, and I, I also ask uh, all our musical guests if they'd uh, like to play a song uh, off of anything they got coming up or, or any uh, anything you've been promoting. Uh, you can play the Dead Milkman's um, We Don't Need This Fascist Group thing if you want. Hell yeah. I'm going to put that on right now. And uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Have you heard it on the news? About this fascist group thing? Evil men with racist views Spreading all across the land Don't just sit there on your ass Unlock that mighty chain dance Brothers, sisters, shoot your best 
don't need this fascist group thing. Brothers, sisters, we don't need no fascist group thing. Brothers, sisters, we don't need no fascist group thing. History will repeat itself. Cross this point when near the hour. We'll do no good Hot US, I feel your power Hitler proved that fucking stuff It's not for you and me, girl No, 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 no. happy land They've had the fascist group thing Brothers, sisters We don't need no fascist group thing Brothers, sisters We don't need no fascist group thing are out of style across that great wide ocean Reagan's president-elect a fascist got in motion generals tell him what to do so stop your good time dancing they train their guns on me and you a fascist thing advancing brothers, sisters, lend a hand increase our population Thanks for tuning in to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you want to keep up with the latest episodes. And don't forget to check out The Highway with Kyle Shutt playlist on Spotify to keep up with all the rad tunes that we play on the program. And if you need some new gear in your life, don't forget to check out Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, Idiot Box Effects, and Ray Ray Decker Cables. Stay high, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>